if you've got beliefs or stories that I can't do that or I'm not big enough or I'm not as experienced enough, our mind doesn't actually care. It just operates on autopilot. So once we start to question and challenge that belief, it can transform. And that's why for me, I like to think about business and coaching about creating magic, real magic, because when you understand it, that's where big shifts can happen. You're listening to the Bookkeepers Podcast, sponsored by Zero. I use Zero's accounting and bookkeeping software to manage my clients' accounts, and I love it. If you haven't tried it yet, head over to Xero.com with an X, and you can either start a free 30-day trial or sign up to Zero's partner program to join their amazing community, forward-thinking accountants and bookkeepers. Hi everyone and welcome to the Bookkeepers Podcast. Today I'm here joined with Osman Sharif, the business owner's coach, um, and we're going to be talking all about how you can achieve your results faster. Hi Osman, how are you doing? I'm very well, thank you Joe. It's lovely to be back here. Um, I was thinking back to fond memories of the last time I was on your podcast and then also in bootcamp. So looking forward to this yeah. chat as always. <laughs> Oh, we've had some good chats and um, everyone always loves listening to you. You've always got so much wisdom and advice. And I think the way that you teach things and explain things um, feels like, oh, that's easy. I can do that. Because <laughs> um, um, sometimes we do that, don't we? we? We assume that results and success and, you know, these things are always going to be hard and yeah. something for other people and not necessarily for us and yeah I know that um, there are lots of bookkeepers mostly watching now that suffer with like imposter syndrome and thinking that you know if only they just had this then they could do this and you know when they get there then they'll do this and yeah. <laughs> we always push our results and success further down the road don't we I think I think it's a like a safety mechanism really isn't it that we have so that we don't we don't get, we don't like um, get disappointed that we don't reach what we want to reach. Yeah, I think the thing is with business owners, we're, we're really, most of us are very clever in many ways, but also we can actually be our own worst enemies in, on the other hand. And that can be a form of kind of protection, trying to keep us safe in a way, but that also can come with frustrations and, you know, increased levels of self-doubt and self-sabotage as I'm sure we'll chat about today. Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, we speak to so many people that um, are starting out in business and they see what other people are achieving and yeah. they go, well, it's OK for them because they've they've got this and I can't do this and I'm not like that. And we have this kind of negative vocabulary or we have these blocks, these mindset blocks that really hold us back from taking action, moving that one step forward. and. I mean, where did mindset blocks come from? Oh, that's such a, such a juicy question. And I could probably spend the whole hour and longer talking about that. So I'll kind of give just my experience of over the last 16 years working with individuals, both in the corporate world and then very much of self-employed or business owners as well. Often mindset is a huge topic, right? But a few things that can really, where it can show up from my experience is identity. Okay, so especially if you've got individuals that are there, they were doing something before and now they're stepping up to have their own business. Okay, how you see yourself makes a huge difference. So I remember when I left the corporate world, honestly, the first few years I was running my own business, I was growing it, but really I was still thinking and feeling 
and acting like an employee. Okay, so there was that feeling of going, okay, how should I be working and kind of waiting for other people to make the decisions in terms of, right, you know, I'm so used to having my own boss to say, here's the strategy, here's what to do. But as your own business owner, you get to make the decision around that. And that's a huge step change, Joe. And I think that's kind of one thing that doesn't just happen when you decide I'm going to have my own business. It's also really owning that and going, okay, I get to make the decisions here. There's no one going to set it for me. But also, when things aren't going maybe the way that you want them to go, there's no one that's going to be there to rescue me either, right? And that can be really empowering, but also very scary. So I think identity is really key. How you see yourself. Do you even see yourself as a business owner? Because that can actually then manifest itself in the same way of you know, how do you make decisions? What do you believe? Do you believe that you can, you know, put up your prices? Do you believe you can show up from a visibility perspective? You know, can you, do you feel that like you can say, actually, that's not the type of client or business I want to work for? All of that really does come down to identity is a huge part for me. And that's just one part of mindset. But anything to add to that before I go on even more? Oh, I was just thinking about how that was a massive mindset shift for me when somebody once said to me, do you own the successes in the business yeah. that you run? And I'm like, yeah, of course. Yeah, that's that's down to me. And then they're like, so when things go bad, do you own that as well? And I'm like, yeah. oh, no, not so much because <laughs> that's always someone else's fault. So yeah. I made the most like significant changes and shifts in my business for positive when I took ownership, accountability, yeah. responsibility for the good things in my business and the bad things in my business. Yeah. But actually doing that with the bad things and going, okay, where can I be better? Where can I show up? What did I yeah. not see? Not blaming, not being horrible, not beating myself up, just being yeah. curious and but owning it. Absolutely. And it's about having that, that, I love that word curiosity. And that's why for me, it's all about being going on this business quest. You know, we're always growing, you know, when we start a business, very rarely do we have it all mapped out. And also what I find from my experience, both personally and working with us as other business owners, it will morph, it will change as you grow, as you have different ideas, as you think, I kind of like that. I don't really like that. And as a business owner, it's so, so important to have that mindset of, I get to choose. I'm the one driving my business and steering it the way that I want to. And that leads into the second mindset block I see a lot. And you kind of alluded to it earlier. It's that comparisonitis, okay? And that, again, it's a, a double-edged sword because sometimes it can actually be quite empowering where you can be inspired like, oh, well, if they're doing that, I can do that as well. So that can actually help in some way to kind of show what the possibilities are. So that's the positive side of it. But we have to watch out for those moments when we think going, oh, it's okay for them. Or because they've got, um, they've been there for longer or they've got, you know, they're more established or they're more of an extrovert or they're whatever it is that we say, that can actually start to plant that seed in terms of, in our minds, in terms of, well, they can do it, i.e., I can't do it in that way as well. And that's what we really need to watch out for. And for me, even with, with, with your, your clients, I know they are you know, bookkeepers, that's what their business is focused upon. But I also guarantee that no two bookkeep, bookkeepers or no two of your clients or your audience will be the exact same. We are all different. 
different. We have got different experiences that we're bringing to the table. We've got different personalities, what I call superpowers. We've got different values, which actually drives us and motivates us. We've got different visions and what we want to make happen and different goals, therefore. So that's where we can, again, be our worst enemies because we can sometimes, again, look at what other people are doing and think, well, I should be doing that. That's how I should structure my business or my packages, etc. But does that actually really work for what you want in your life, what your goals are? Um, and often it's not. So again, the mindset shift that we all need to take, no matter what our business is, is I get to focus on my lane. But actually for me to do that, I need to know and I need to dig deep in terms of what's right for me and have the confidence to say, that's great that they're doing that, but I'm not going to do the exact same way because that might not work for me because of X, Y, and Z and really own that. And that makes a huge difference from a mindset perspective. Oh my goodness. That's great. I mean, <laughs> I think we have to recognize when we're feeling envy or comparisonitis or whatever it's usually it's like reflecting a bit of a feeling of lack yeah. in us or you know it's it feels like a gaping hole it's like well yeah. that's that's or it's it's that's okay for them that's not okay for me and it's I someone it's then they say comparisonitis is the thief of joy and joy. I really yeah, yeah <laughs> it really makes me think oh my goodness yes it, it really is it, no nothing good comes of it if it comes if you're doing it in a negative way Rather than, yeah. I love how you said, well, if it's so, if that's okay for them, then that's okay for me. And, you know, yeah. good, um, I hear that a lot, like good for you means good and good for me. Like, yeah, that's absolutely. amazing for you. That yeah. means it's possible <laughs> for me, but I might not do it in the same way. I've also had yeah. to learn how to, if I don't get, I get triggered, but I get triggered. Mm -hmm. I see something and I'm like, oh, and maybe someone's doing something in, I, I like the results, but I don't like the way they're doing it. And it makes me feel a bit icky. I've just learned to kind of like unfollow or, you know, yeah. I, I just like how we can protect our own lane, can't we? Especially with yeah. social media. Definitely. And I think that's a kind of, you know, it's also important to recognize once you become aware of certain things, it's be mindful of what do you start saying to yourself? What do you start focusing upon? And that's where the stories that we tell ourselves becomes beliefs. Okay, so if we start saying, oh, I can't do that because of X, Y, and Z, or I'm not as experienced enough, we, our unconscious mind starts to believe that. And again, I could talk about this for hours, but just high level, if you start to question yourself, like, oh, I can't charge that much, for example, just stop and go, well, when did I decide that, right? And that could be a really key thing because that can then start to help um, illustrate or bring to life, you know, what is your upper limits from a kind of, you know, a self-worth perspective or what you can charge or, or beliefs that you have. I remember one client sticks in my mind and, you know, I come from a background of NLP, neurolinguistic programming, and a lot of that's about actually getting into your mind and really rapidly reprogramming it. So there's one client that we were setting 90-day goals for, okay? And, but listening to his language, there was a lot of, I could hear a lot of limiting beliefs around, you know, money particularly. And when I actually kind of just shone the light, you know, the mirror back in his face and in a nice way as a coach does. And I was like, you know, it's really interesting. You know, you've said this a couple of times and would it be helpful to dig into it? He's like, yeah. And he, and he goes, that's the story of my life. Do you know I mean, I always think, oh, I can't do that. I can't charge enough. And we actually use an NLP technique, which was just to question and challenge that belief and actually brought him back to, it wasn't even his belief. It actually was a learned belief that came from his, his father, right? But the reason why I'm sharing that with you, Joe, is because actually when he actually looked at it and 
decided, is that a belief that I actually want to carry on? And what can I learn from it? Literally, the belief shattered, okay? And in the same way, and I really don't want to burst any bubbles here, but has anybody here, when they were younger, did you ever believe something was happening on December the 21st, 5th, sorry, and somebody would break into your house and believe certain things? I'm just conscious that there might be some little ears listening. But can you see how something that could be so true for us that we then think and feel and act a certain way can be shattered like that. And that happens in our own beliefs. And I just want to illustrate that point. If you've got beliefs or stories that I can't do that, or I'm not big enough, or I'm not experienced enough, our mind doesn't actually care. It just operates on autopilot. So once we start to question and challenge that belief, it can transform. And that's why for me, I like to think about business and coaching about creating magic, real magic, because when you understand it, that's where big shifts can happen. So going back to my story with that client, just by getting that belief, you know, challenged and he let go of it, he actually achieved what his revenue target was in 90 days. He achieved that in 30 days. Okay. And a big part of it was he just didn't have this big story that he was, you know, um, you know, carrying around with him. He was thinking differently. He was acting differently. He didn't massively change his strategies in any way, but the mindset was a huge difference because um, in terms of how that was holding him back and how he was showing up differently as well. So I hope that helps just to illustrate why mindset is key. And it's one of the fundamentals that I really talk about and work with with my clients. Wow. That is so powerful. I love that story because it <laughs> isn't it wonderful that like how it just you the belief was broken so then he yeah. was able to achieve the result he wanted much faster because that belief was yeah. holding him back and if we really sat and think um I did an exercise years ago um where I just had a notepad pen put on some quiet music lit a candle and I just wrote all my beliefs about yeah. money the stories, you know, the money doesn't grow on trees or yeah. like people, people that have money are evil. Even the stories that come out of Disney films or, yeah. you know, whatever, you know, uh, you know, there's so many, so many films where people are horrible if they have money. <laughs> I just kind of wrote it all down and kind of got it all out of my head. And then slowly, you know, like, even though I, you know, even though I did believe this, I, I know it's not yeah. true. It's not true. And I yeah. was able to cross them all out and just go it, with my adult brain. Yeah. <laughs> with what What's available to me now. I know that this is, this is not true. Um, yeah. But it takes, this is all like inner work, isn't it? It is. And it's self-awareness. And one other quick story. I love to sharing stories, right? Because, I actually used to have a big belief around money, okay? So for me, I was a HR manager for Marks and Spencers, and then I worked in the banking world. But a really interesting thing was that whenever I was showing up, even in a professional world, and like we had commercial meetings every Monday, okay? And I used to kind of start having this panic feeling just kind of before lunch because I was going, oh, right, we're going to be there. Everybody's going to be talking about numbers. And I would start to go... You know, and even though I understood, well, my numbers around, you know, recruitment and absence and all the things that my metrics and KPIs were, it would still have this block. And I remember when I went to my first NLP course and I went, what is this story? And long story short, there's a powerful process that um, that I use with clients as well. And it actually helped me to find the, the trigger point. And I just want to kind of show how absurd this can be. And, and I'm using my own self as an example. My dad had a, a, a retail shop. And I used to go and work there when I was younger. 
And when I didn't know any better, I remember thinking I was a big boy and a customer came in to buy a newspaper. He handed me a note. I rang it up in the, the till thinking, oh, I'm all you know clever. And then I put the money in the till, closed it. And he's looking at me going, where's my change? Right. And this memory that it brought up um, in this exercise literally was the actual the, the person that was working the shop said, oh, I'm sorry, sorry, open the till, give him his change. And that's it. And, and I remember going, but why are we giving money back? And, and she was kind of going, right, here's the like, let's say it was a five pound note. And she broke it down into the coins. And she's like, well, this man, we're still keeping, let's say it was 20 pence. And he's getting that back. And all I remember saying at that point in this memory was, this is really complicating. I don't understand that. And the reason why I'm sharing that with you is that little decision I made when I was a tiny wee boy was still showing up when I was in my suit and shirt and tie <laughs> in Marks and Spencers and in the banking world. And it, I wasn't connecting it there, but it was still showing up like that belief around, you know, um, I, can't, I don't know numbers. It's very complicated. Even though I went to university and I even did maths for a couple of years as well. Does that make sense? So it doesn't, it's not logical in terms of how our minds works. But actually when I addressed that, I went, I now understand that, that makes perfect sense. Literally my mind went, oh, I don't have to hold on to it effectively. It changed that memory and that caused a ripple effect as well. So again, I hope that practical example just gives your listeners the chance to question those beliefs because sometimes just by questioning them, it can just loosen your grip on them. It can make you go, that's not always true, but actually I don't always feel like that. And sometimes it's like that sledgehammer approach. When you look at it, it goes, no, it doesn't exist anymore. And you shatter it as well. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Especially when we're so young and we have, and this is the thing, we have to kind of delve in and think, well, how how old is this belief? And yeah. like, if it had an age, I, you know, if it had an age, how old would it be? Because we can, and then whatever age comes to your mind very quickly, our subconscious knows 100%. it all, doesn't it? It will tell you exactly what it is. And then you think, oh, well, what happened? What happened yeah. around then? And it might, you might have to sit with it for a while and you might like, you know, just it, it might not be obvious because it could be so insignificant at the time yeah. that it doesn't, it don't, you, you can't remember. It wasn't a big life shattering yeah. change. It was just that little tiny moment where you shut a till yeah. and didn't give someone change and they thought this exactly. is way too complicated yeah. it, and of course it was complicated for that young mind yeah definitely and again there's so many examples of this but one other one i just want to illustrate it's not always you know back in our childhood although a lot of our beliefs can form between zero to mm -hmm. seven but i remember there was a business owner that actually was doing really really well it means their confidence was super high and then they kind of had a bit of a, a crash of confidence right and they came to me for a coaching session and we we're exploring what what can happen and again using the same principle she was with uh, amongst peers there was somebody that was at i was at an event and you know they were on stage somebody that she really looked up to was really influential she respected and then they asked if you've got any questions she put her hand up and she actually asked the question right and this still boils boils my blood right but the person literally then responded going hmm that's a very curious question to ask, right? In a way of, you know, like, why are you asking such a silly question? In that moment, her confidence just crashed because she's like, oh, like my, my idol effectively is kind of thinking I'm really stupid in a way, right? That was a moment that actually for her, she then actually started to question herself. She stopped doing some of the things that she was doing before. And that actually had a massive impact on her business in the terms of you know, her decline, in terms of her results because of that. So 
all I'm really wanting to kind of illustrate there is it can happen at any point. You might listen to a podcast interview by somebody else and you might go, oh, I couldn't do that. But you're actually making a decision. So I'm saying you might have a feedback from a client that goes or, or a potential client going, actually, sorry, I don't want to work with you. But what you then decide at that point is really important. Because if you go, oh, they said no. I mean, everybody doesn't want to work with me. My packages might be wrong, whatever. That can then have a ripple effect on what you then do instead of going, well, that's fine. There's plenty of other clients that would work for me. Do you know what I mean? From an abundant mindset versus a scarcity mindset. So there's obviously so much. And I did tell you that wasn't going to be a short answer to your first question. <laughs> <Jordan. laughs> I love it. I love it. I think um, it's all really fascinating. And I think it helps us to understand ourselves. I think, you know, I... I went on a retreat last week and um, we did a lot of this soul searching and it was a business retreat, but because even though we was thinking about ourselves, which is something we don't do enough, we think about, you know, yeah. and, and it's, we need a multi-pronged approach. It's not just yeah. one thing we are, it's multifaceted. It's, you know, our internal beliefs, but also we lack of strategy or lack of visibility yes. or, you know, lack of understanding of what the client wants or not knowing who your ideal, there's so many different things but actually, you know, just just having that growth mindset to know yeah. that you don't need to know all the answers right now. You're willing to explore um, and yeah. not be fixed and go, well, it's always been this way. So therefore, it will always yeah. be this way. Um, I think you're already onto a great thing if you if you're just open to oh that's curious. Yeah. I love that curious word. I, I say it all the time because I used to <laughs> always be like oh my God, I can't believe you just ate that. Like you said you <laughs> yeah. was not going to do it. And then you just ate that. And then one of my coaches said to me, just instead of that, just be curious. Oh, that's curious. Why did yeah. I just eat? And it softens it rather than that having an internal go at yourself. Yeah. And then actually it op it's the question that helps you go, oh, why did I do that? What, what was I feeling? Oh, okay. I was bored or I was, you know, I just had a, just had a bit of a shout at one of the kids because they and I'd gone in straight into the fridge and opened the you know being curious about how we react is so powerful and not thinking well that's just how I am um is is really interesting Definitely. because we can change can't we yeah and I think Joe what that kind of makes me say I think about from what you shared there was the multi-pronged approach okay and I think for me um can you still hear me, Joe? You've got a little bit kind of broken up there. So just let me know if you can still hear me. <laughs> yeah. I can hear you. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Okay, right. That's fine. Because I'm in, I'm in a, a flow here, right? So the multifaceted approach is important because for me, I used to, again, I've been doing this for like 16 odd years. And I used to, you know, naively initially think it's all about mindset. But then I would go, hold on. I'm helping a client with their mindset. They're getting rid of the beliefs, okay? So that's not holding them back, you know? Um well, actually, why are they still procrastinating? Why are they still not getting the results that they want as well? And that's where for me, when I actually look back at it, I then created kind of my model, which is effectively I use with all my clients and for myself. And it's not just mindset. Mindset's one part. But for me, it's important to know, well, what's your design, okay? I.e., um, what actually, what's your personality? What's your values? What's your vision? What is your goals as a result of that? That's really important to kind of really understand and personalize for you, because like what we said before, 
we all have different businesses, okay? So you can't actually compare yourself to somebody else because we've got very different designs when we actually look into, when we do that soul searching. So the, the design is really important as well as the mindset. And then the third part is the strategies. This is a, what is, as I call it, our entrepreneurial superpower. What's the best way for us to do certain things, okay? And I use a powerful coaching tool or a profiling tool called Wealth Dynamics with all my clients that allow us to say, well, which of the eight different type of business owners are you more aligned to? Because that completely can then change your approaches, your strategies, the things that I might say, well, actually, you could do that if you want to, but it's like pushing a boulder up a hill, whereas actually this might be a better strategy for you to still get up the hill. There's different ways of doing it. Um, and also then your habits and how productive you are as well. So going back to procrastination, because I know that comes up a lot. If you are procrastinating, I'm always really kind of curious to go, why are you procrastinating? Is it actually genuinely a, a mindset thing? Some of the things that we've talked about, or is it because actually your, your goals are no longer stretched enough or big enough for you? You're kind of a bit, okay, yeah, I could do it if I wanted something, but you're not motivated by it. Or is it actually more of a strategies part where actually you're trying to do things in a way that's not in flow or it's not the best way for you? And that then allows you the best way to kind of overcome procrastination for me is to figure out why you're doing it in the first place and then allow yourself to actually, you know, put strategies in place. So a couple of things that help me, for example, I am a grounded person, right? So if I'm starting something new and it's like even a creative project, one of the worst things for me to do, and I will procrastinate if I do this, is have a blank sheet of paper, right? Because it just isn't in my flow. But for somebody else, they would love that. It's like, oh, great ideas galore, right? But so for me, I know if I'm starting something new, I need to kind of have a little bit of structure or work with someone that might be quite creative. If I'm getting into the detail, they can go, right, well, how does this kind of like, look, let's look at the bigger picture of that. And that then helps it to kind of really come, come alive as well. Um, and also recognize that actually I don't have to do everything at the one time. It might be overwhelming, but actually it's like, okay, what's my goal? What's the milestone? How do I take you know action that allows me to be in motion rather than being kind of scared by it? Actually, be much more kind of you know enjoy the journey as well. So again, a lot about procrastination. Any thoughts or experiences from that, Joe? Yeah, I think I think a lot of procrastination comes from. Um, thinking, having that to-do list of the things we should do, but yeah. that aren't actually in flow and actually don't light us up. And when I've realized that um, I am not a details person, right? yeah. <laughs> which most probably means I picked the wrong career being a bookkeeper. But when, <laughs> I, when I stepped away from um, doing the operationals, I, I loved yeah. learning about it and I loved yeah. putting it into practice. And I love like the, and then I'm like, okay, well, I've done that now. Can someone else just do it every yeah. week now? Because I'm, that's not, that's not me. My, yeah. I, my, I'm that visionary. I'm the one that's like, let's, let's look at the big idea. Let's look at the next thing. But like, I, I like saying, but that's, there's a problem there. This needs solving. That's how it needs to be solved. Someone else going to do that. Cause I'm, yeah. once I've had the idea and no, uh, my flow stops. Like I don't, yeah. I don't want to be, and that's why me and Zoe work really, really well together. Yeah. Zoe's also a visionary, but Zoe's very much an implementer. And I've realized okay. I always need an implementer around me so that I yeah. can go on to the next thing because it just, yeah. it will, I would procrastinate. I, c I can come up with the ideas and know exactly what I need to do, 
but it just doesn't light me up, so I won't do it. Yeah, and that's where what really frustrates me is that there's so many great business owners there, right? Okay, if they don't recognize what their superpower is, they can end up, you know, having ideas, okay? They even put them out and they get some feedback, right? But actually, consistency is important. You know, the first time you show up to say, hey, this is what I'm doing, doesn't mean that all your clients or your possible clients are going to be ready at that time. But what I can sometimes find is you might launch something once or promote something once. And depending on what type of superpower you are, right, um, you might go, right, okay, done. What's next? Okay. But you've, you've, you've spent all that energy and the time creating something, putting it out there. You planted seeds. But you're now on to a different part of your field. Does that make sense? And then you go, you start something and then you stop it and you're doing something else. And after a while, it could be, why am I not getting the results that I want to? Well, it could be because most likely that actually you, because of your natural personality and superpower is you're sabotaging your success of your business going, you start something, you're stopping it. And I'm not saying that you have to then spend all your time getting into the detail and getting it out of flow. But it's important to recognize, okay, now what stage is this product or this service at? How can I set it up now so that I can still reap the rewards of it? Maybe it doesn't mean that you're doing it all. Maybe it's about being mindful of who's helping you in a team, what processes can help you, or building a rhythm and a routine. So actually, that's still, you know, you're still, you know, people can still access it, for example, whilst you've now kind of maybe moved on to a different kind of project or a different thing that's kind of floating your boat. And that's what, again, I work a lot with people that are kind of like you, Joey, you know, visionaries, creators. And and a lot of times it's about helping them to go, right, before we jump away or before you try and burn down your business, let's just take a moment to go, what's behind that? And it's about how do we still get you in flow in a way that you can still get the results of your business. And I think it's a real key thing to understand what's really happening um, instead of jumping from here, there and everywhere. Oh, 100%. And I think it's about realizing that, you know, we're not islands, we need people yeah. around us, we need, we need people that complement. And I think we, we hear a lot of people say, I don't want to work with anybody else. Um, I yeah. just want to work with on my own. And I get that because I've definitely been there. But I think that's because, again, it's a learned thing when we've worked in a team, yeah. maybe we've been employed, we weren't picking the people to be around us. Yes. But when you get to choose, your support and realize that they're going to take, I always say to people, when you figure out who the right people are and that they're going to do the yeah. work that you don't want to do, it becomes addictive to find those people yes. and work with those people. Yeah. And that's key because what I've seen so many business owners do is let's say they get to a point when they, they're so busy. Okay. And then they're trying to get, you know, like more capacity and often they then go, I just need another one of me. Right. But often that's the worst thing that you can do. Because actually, if you then have another person with you that's very similar from a superpower perspective, personality perspective, that actually can cause more chaos in your business. And I'm all about reducing the chaos and confusion to build that confidence with business growth. So that's where you get to step back and go, right, but what am I now doing that actually isn't the most value part for me or isn't in the flow for me? How can I actually get people that might support that to free me up with other kind of parts of what I do? And that can look very different for different people. So again, like I'll share one example, and I know it's not a bookkeeping example, but I remember a good like 10 years ago, I was speaking at a retreat in Portugal with other coaches, okay? And I remember two of them were much more, one was a creator, one was a star in the profiling tool that I use. And they were looking at me and going, so when are you going to stop one-to-one coaching? And I'm like, 
hold on, why would I stop one-to-one coaching? And they're like, for them, that wasn't something that lights, lights them up. That wasn't when they were in flow, right? But I'm the complete different personality for them. I love working closely with my clients. Does that make sense? And that I'm not saying I only work with one-to-one clients. I can work with smaller groups, et cetera. But I've seen so many business owners that think, actually, I need to do it that way. My business model needs to be, be that way. But that's not actually in flow for them. So actually, when I realized, okay, how do I structure my business? That then allows me that chance to kind of still leverage, still scale and grow, but actually do things in a way that still doesn't lose the motivator, the part that I really love, which is different, obviously, for different people, that's where the real magic happens. Brilliant. Earlier, you said about, I'm just thinking about the goal, the goal setting thing, where you said sometimes when you procrastinate because the goal isn't big enough and it's not stretching you and it's not exciting enough. And and lots of people struggle with setting goals that are big because of those limiting beliefs, their own self-belief. And they think, well, I'm not going to set that because I'm not going to achieve it. But I, I, I like setting, I love mapping it. I'm, I'm, I'm a bit of an Excel, you know, weirdo. And (laughs) I love to map out a goal that's really big, but then break it right down and think, okay, so what do I have to do tomorrow? What do I have to do next week? What do I, and it's, and it feels big, but it's not as big as the, the massive goal altogether and breaking it down but and i and i love it because i always get i always get closer to that goal by setting the goal set the goal than if i didn't set the goal so how do yeah, people get definitely. used to that yeah and i think that's a key thing in terms of it's about finding that sweet spot okay so i used the word stretch goal earlier and and it showed up naturally there uh, because that's the way that i like to kind of like sense check how goals are for me and my clients so let me kind of like paint the picture on this one because I am not a firm believer of setting a goal so big that it scares you, right? Because if it's so big and it scares you, the chances are you won't do anything about it or you will procrastinate, okay? So for me, it's getting that that kind of that right sweet spot in the sense of if you think about the goal that you've got, yes, I agree about then kind of breaking it down to kind of meaty milestones. But when you're thinking about that goal, if it feels like a stretched goal for me, that's where it's like when you think about you talk about it, you're, you're kind of leaning into it, right? You don't know how you're going to do it because if you know exactly how you're going to do it, you might be it might be in your comfort zone and you might end up being procrastinating because you're complacent. You're like, yeah, I could do that. Oh, yeah, okay. So that's not stretching you. But when you've got a goal that's stretching you, you're kind of leaning into it. You're at the edge of your seat and you're kind of going, okay, I'm excited, I'm motivated about it. I'm maybe a little bit like, how is that going to happen? That's a good point to be at, right? It's like a bamboo type of, you know, like if you think about a bamboo stick, there's a lot of stretch in that. But if you've set a goal or if you're setting goals, that actually as you think about it, it petrifies you, right? That's not a stretched goal. That in my eyes is more of a strained goal, okay? And what you're then doing is, you know, a good indication of that is how do you feel? What's your body language? Instead of being at the edge of your seat, you're kind of probably a bit more like sitting at the back. It feels really heavy. It's like, how how do I even start that, right? And from my experience, both, again, working with hundreds and hundreds of clients over the years now, when people set strained goals and they take action, and let's say, for example, something doesn't go to plan, right? This is more where 
you're much more likely to imagine I used to break so many rulers and pencils illustrating this. If you stretch, so I strain something so much, it can snap, right? And that's where people can go, I give up. Oh, I can't do that. And that can actually be much more damaging for you in a longer term, because that's where you then start to have stories. You've got experience thinking, oh, um, that didn't work before. And I'm going to play smaller, whatever that might be from a mindset perspective, um, because you actually set it a bit too far. Does that make sense? So it's a bit like Goldilocks and the Three Bears, right? So for me, that's why, again, it's a real personal thing when it sets goals. We want to make sure it's not in your comfort zone, because otherwise you're not going to be motivated enough and you'll procrastinate. You want to make sure it's not too far that actually it's straining you and but we get that sweet spot of it's that stretch and that's kind of where the real magic can happen. And when you do that, you can then increase your self-belief to go, well, this is what I'm doing. Celebrate the successes, get the learnings from it. And you're kind of really kind of in that, 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 that flow where actually you are growing your business and actually you're still being agile as you go along. And it's interesting that you said that, like learning about learning what you've got from the journey. It's not always yeah. about the destination, is it? It's about all the things that you've done along the way. And and I, I see this: people set themselves a goal, and they, then they don't maybe they don't reach it, but they've got further along. Yeah. But they they like beat themselves up that they've not got there, and oh, this was a waste of time. And I'm like, oh my goodness, not like have you not seen everything that you've done? You're a new person now compared to yeah. when you started that so it's about I mean when people are when people set a goal for themselves say they set a goal for three months time yeah and yeah how do you suggest that people kind of are able to check in with themselves about the things that they've done or hold themselves accountable or like you know for me it's always a spreadsheet like that is yeah that is my thing (laughs) I'm I am a numbers person and that that lights me up filling in a spreadsheet and seeing how bit closer I am um really but for people that don't like a spreadsheet to do it how how yeah. would you suggest that they kind of keep on track yeah great i think for for me it again comes down to individuals because we've got different personalities and i would also recognize or, and ask you to think about what's motivated you in the past even outside business okay and actually what's got you to kind of make something happen and you're really proud of it and you kept that habit going so for me i one of my values is uh, prog- progression okay i love that feeling of progression right that drives me and that's why again just going back slightly if i'm doing something and if it feels like a here we go again it's not really showing progression or if it's so early on and let's say the stage of a prog- uh, um, stage of a project that i'm not seeing the progress happening that can impact my motivation but i can check it go why am i feeling like my motivation is going down ah it's because i'm actually not seeing progress or i'm not seeing results yet and these are the key things that are driving me so it stops me from scrapping it and going i know why don't worry man it's just because let's keep going so that i get to see the progress or let's focus on the next one so a couple of things practical for me that's worked and also with clients is you know if you are type of a tracker spreadsheets can work for me I, i like seeing things visually so when i've set goals in the past that could be a revenue goal it could also be let's say if you've got a goal that you want to show up more you know your visibility it could be how much are you you know posting on linkedin okay or it could be how many emails are you sending or um, how many outreach set that goal that you've got and every time you do that you know do a tick list right i used to have like little wee stickers 
that were green dots and I loved it, right? Especially if you, if it was a revenue goal and it's like a, you send that invoice to a client and, you know, it's not just one dot, you know, you're sitting there going, right, okay, that equates to, you know, I used to always do it like every dot was a hundred pounds. So at times I'd be like, oh, there I go, I get to go, right? But the reason why that's important is for me is if there were, let's say, a good few days where I was going, I've not put something on that chart, right? Hmm, what am I not doing that's stopping me from doing that. And that could be a really good way to actually kind of give ourselves that chance to go, okay, there's a bit of accountability. It's kind of, you know, it's, you know, it's showing me how far I am going. That can give me a chance to keep going or it can give me that chance to go, hmm, I'm not making as much progress as I, you know, I'm not going to reach that goal if I don't keep doing taking action. What do I have to course correct here um, to allow me to make that happen? So that could be one way. Other ways it could be having somebody else that can help you from an accountability perspective. And that's where like even masterminds could be really helpful. Coaching could be really helpful. Communities could be really helpful as well. Um, and, or, you know, other people, instead of having it so, you know, logical, like a spreadsheet or, or kind of a tracker, even in terms of looking at their goal, checking in, doing, you know, daily reflections, you know, free writing, that could be a way. So hopefully that's a few kind of ways that just allow you to go. It's not just a set it and forget it. Actually, for you, it's about how am I just keeping track of it or kind of making sure I'm celebrating the successes as I go along as well. Love that. I love that. I remember actually being um, about, oh, I don't know, about 14, 15. And my uh, my mum was, we were saving up for a house and she'd drawn this big house. And yeah. every time she saved a hundred pounds, she colored in a brick. Yeah. And um, so the whole family could see how close we were to get into this house. Um, yeah. And um, it was, yeah, just really interesting that visual kind of thing somewhere that you can see it all the time. And yeah. we, we help our clients in the success lounge create um, vision boards. And yeah. what I find fascinating about, which is, and it's so woo and I don't get it, but <laughs> I will create a vision board and then I'll look at it. I know people have theirs up. I don't have mine up. I don't yeah. need to. I put, I create it. It might be out for a bit and then it gets put somewhere in yeah. a box or something. And then I yeah. find it years later yeah. and I'm like, tick, tick, tick. I've done it all. And yeah. so I think we underestimate the ability of just setting it yeah. in the first place is so powerful. And we should just allow us. And, and this is what it's kind of childlike, isn't it? Cutting out stick things. Yeah. And I find that it's kind of a childlike activity and it does, it ignites something in us. Yeah. And I think what it also does from a kind of a, a kind of psychological perspective, when you do it, the intention of it is different, right? Uh, is important. So if you set it in terms of this is what I'm going to make happen, right? You're actually making a decision, right? You're unconsciously making a decision. Remember how we talked about beliefs in the past, like the ones that, you know, we think, oh, I can't do that, etc. The same thing works in terms of our mind if we actually have positive beliefs. If we go, this is what I'm making happen, you're effectively making a commitment to yourself to go, actually, here's what I'm doing. So yes, some people then don't have to see it all the time for them to kind of still have that decision that you've made in your mind, be the thing that we're actually then using to make future decisions that are impacting what we're showing up to and not doing. So think about it in your own personal life. Have you ever been invited to something or if you bought tickets to, you know, your favorite band, right? And at that point, you've made a decision to go, I am going to see them. If a friend said to you, 
oh, fancy going to do this, right? And if you know the date, you might not even have to check it in your diary because you go, oh, 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 that's the time I'm going to go and see Take That or Beyonce or, you know, whoever it might be, right? But can you see how you're so strong in that conviction to go, that's what I'm deciding, I'm sorry, I'm committed to that as well. But there are times when we set, but some people set vision boards and they're not really committing to it. They're a bit like, and that would be kind of nice, right? But also I might want this. And sometimes our goals can contradict yourself. We might go, I really want this, right? But I also want that. And therefore you're confusing your unconscious mind to go, well, hold on a second. You're telling me you want to travel around the world and do all this kind of stuff. I'm not saying you can't do that, but you're also saying that you want to have a, a business with a big, nice, shiny office, et cetera. Well, how's that? Does that make sense? So that's why it's also important to recognize, okay, how do I want that to show up? Okay, you know, is travel an important part? And that's like, you get to have nice holidays, right? Versus I've had a client in the past that wanted, they had a contradictory goal where they wanted to have a business that completely let them travel, you know, for like 11, 12 months here, but they had a goal that they wanted to have a real big presence in a particular location for them having an office was really important. Can you see how there's a bit of a, like, well, what's your mind trying to find and help? So if you actually understand, well, what's your values? What is driving you? Why do you want that? That can allow you to go, is that really my goal? Or what's the version of my goal that gets me the, the ideal based upon what I'm choosing as well? So um, I, I can't remember the exact question, Jonah, right? But can you see how goals, setting the intention can really make a difference because that's actually what allows you to, to move forward and to recognize what are we doing in that way. And also recognize, and I suppose the other thing is, sometimes we don't know what we don't know. And I think that's why mm. it's important to check in with your goals to go, I know I said I wanted that. Is that still accurate? Is that still what I want? Or actually no, because now I've got more learned experience of what I like, what I don't like. That's given me more confidence to go, actually I don't exactly want my business model to be like that, or I'm going to focus a little bit more on this market or this niche or whatever service might be. And it gives you that chance to kind of still be in motion and look at what's next and, and kind of keep it as agile as you can as well. And I think that works as well with um, setting a goal and not necessarily knowing how you're going to achieve yeah. it. You don't always need to, because you don't know what you don't know. So assuming yeah. because you haven't got the strategy and answers right now, you think, well, I can't have that. No, that's not the case. Put it out there and then something could come to you or somebody could walk into your life and um, and and you'd be like, oh, whoa, yeah. they know about this. And and that's that's been magic. That happens all the time to me. If yeah. you just set the intent, that, that's, I have no idea how that would be, how yeah. it would work out. I don't need to know that. I'm just going to trust that something will come up. And it does. It's amazing. Yeah, definitely. And that's why, again, if you get so fixated with the how, it's also useful to challenge yourself and go well you know is this actually the goal so again one of the classics and tell me if this is consistent in your world is sometimes and i've fallen into this trap it's like i need to get my website done i need to get my perfect this perfect perfect right so we could spend all the time going how are we focusing on that task but if you actually step back and go well what's the purpose of doing that well actually that's going to help me to you know you might think that's going to help me to get more clients more visibility but if you go okay and if i get more visibility and what does that do? Well, actually, that would help me to get more clients, to make more impact, to hit my goals, right? Focus on that. I remember there was years ago, there was one client that really kept beating herself up because she was never getting around to doing her website. That's so important because she get, kept getting um, um, clients through referrals and through networking. And she was going, and I'm like, but what, what's your best, what's your goal? 
is your goal to have the best nice website or actually get clients because actually what what's your you're problem here do you know what I mean <laughs> you're doing it right and that's why sometimes if we get so fixated with the here's exactly how it's going to happen step by step by step we actually can sometimes stop ourselves from seeing how these opportunities can come in different mm -hmm. ways because we're not allowing ourselves that chance to go well actually here's the destination but there's many different ways to get there and what's the best way for me to actually show up you know using my personality using my superpower as well Oh my goodness, Osman, I've absolutely loved <laughs> chatting to you today. This is, I think we could go on for hours. We've answered three questions. That's thats all we've done so far. Yeah. But it's, it's taken us to our time and I'm, I'm so grateful for your time, so grateful for your insights. And I think anyone that's been listening today will agree that you have opened up our minds to the possibilities of just thinking a little bit differently, maybe not assuming that what we think is maybe right and correct maybe yeah. it's something that's like come up from the past and that we can set some stretch goals and just be okay with it and not have to know how we're going to get there how yeah. do they um how does anyone listening want, want to know more about you um find out more yeah, perfect. Well, obviously, I love having conversations. So you're welcome to connect with me over in the world of LinkedIn. So um, you can find me there, use my name. And I know I've kind of just talked briefly around, you know, design, mindset, strategy, because that's fundamental in terms of how I help clients to actually get quick results, okay? How I help them to understand what's working really well and what can be fine-tuned. So if you're sitting here thinking, how is my design, my mindset, my strategies? You know, I would really welcome you to pop over to my website. Um, you'll find right at the top, there's a quiz for you to do by answering some quick questions. It'll give you a snapshot at the moment to go, right, what's working well in terms of design, mindset, strategies, or what might need to be maybe upgraded or fine-tuned? Because what I see is some people, they've got the best intention. They go, right, I need to work on my strategies, but actually... They can keep focusing on the strategies. They can go, right, now I need to do in LinkedIn or this or that strategy. But that's not going to make a difference if you don't have the design right or if your mindset is the thing that might be sabotaging yourself. So that hopefully will give you an indication of, you know, what, what's working well and where to put your focus. And as always, it's been an absolute pleasure. I know I could talk about this stuff for, for hours and hours. And hopefully it gives us an opportunity to have another conversation in the future as well on um, in a podcast and in bootcamp etc so thank you for having me here and um, it's always a pleasure oh thank you osman thank you everyone for following us and joining us today we will see you this time next week on the bookkeepers podcast have a great week take care bye take care bye thanks for joining us for the bookkeepers podcast why not join us in the six figure bookkeepers club at sixfigurebookkeeper.club or visit our website sixfigurebookkeeper.com 